the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today, the Wednesday edition Dare I say, it's another beautiful oh, day. What a week. Lovely in western Pennsylvania. We, we don't deserve it. Mm, oh, so we deserve wonderful. it. No, no, we deserve it. I what do you say we, we don't do. deserve it? We do. Because I don't think, I don't know if we really deserve we it. We suffered through winter, and then we had a very long, cold, wet spring. This is the first, like, spring. It's race, John. <sighs> you and works righteousness when it comes to weather. <laughs> I mean, is weather theological as well? No, I don't think it is, no. Or whether it's our grace pattern floating through. Imagine if you did, (laughs) what if you did like, you know, weather on CBN? You know, if you were the weather guy. Yeah, what would that be like? (laughs) (laughs) Everything had to be sort of, you know, couched in terms, you know, Christianese. Right, so the holiest people live in San Diego. (laughs) It must be. Yeah, I guess. They're living in the weather pattern. I tend to think that anyway. I'm just you know. the be- well. You know what I thought of this morning when mm. I went outside? Yeah, is it feels like that, like the- San Diego? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just such beautiful. Being out in that little tiny pocket of Southern California <laughs> is so beautiful. Yep. Listen, my best friend from high school grew up here in the city. Of course, uh, worked for the Post Gazette. Then he became a, a, a labor mediator. Now he's a national labor mediator. Could have lived anywhere in the country. They sent him to San Diego. And he's been there about eight years. Bring it. <laughs> yeah. Fabulous. He comes back to Pittsburgh and he's like, what am I, can you believe I said endure this? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I can believe Please. it. Yes, I can believe I, it. Right. Anyway, uh, a big, big uh, busy news day here. Is it not as always? I'm ready, John. All right. As without further ado, Kath, and news stories, please give us the top four at four. It's a Wednesday, May 11th. So like Lawrence Welk did. It's a Wednesday. <laughs> Where's <what> he... <laughs> the bubbles? <laughs> Number one. Senate Democrats, John, pushing forward today to force a test vote on legislation that would enshrine abortion rights in federal law, acting quickly in the wake of the leak of the draft Supreme Court opinion that would, might, possibly, overturn Roe versus Wade. Republicans, of course, all but certain to block it. Senator Chuck Schumer, uh, majority leader, called the vote one of the most important we've taken in decades. Come on. Come on. At the same time, Senate Republicans have been trying for the past several years to advance a bill called the Pain-Capable Unborn Child Protection Act that would prohibit abortion generally after about 20 weeks of pregnancy. That bill currently has the support of 46 Republicans, but now several prominent anti-abortion groups say they would support a national ban even earlier after 15 weeks or maybe even six weeks. And because of all this, John, police officers are keeping a perimeter around both the Supreme Court building and the Capitol grounds, even as we speak. Several trucks in the court's parking lot are borrowed from the Baltimore Police Department. An officer inside the fence said Maryland has been helping after Governor Larry Hogan directed some state law enforcement officials to monitor protests outside the homes of several justices who live in the state. Heaven help us. Please 
Pray for their safety. That's from the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Number two. 91%, 91 I say, of uh, percent of reefs surveyed along the Great Barrier Reef in Australia were affected by coral bleaching to some degree during the summer of 2122, according to a government study. Oh, that's so sad. Yes. Researchers say that climate change is the greatest threat to the reef and that the warming ocean is a key factor. In December, which is Australia's summer, the Great Barrier Reef's water temperatures exceeded historical maximums usually seen within some of the hottest summer months. Other stresses on coral reefs include cyclones and storms, flood plumes, and crown of thorns starfish, which is a predator to coral, which I'd never heard of. Do you know crown of thorns starfish? No, I do not. Um, The good news, though, is that while bleached coral is stressed, it still is alive and has the potential of recovering. Okay. So it's not all over. So beautiful. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And really, that. Yeah, that's from CBS News. Number three, an eclectic lineup, John, of pop, rock, and classical music acts set to take the stage at Hartwood Acres Park Amphitheater and South Park Amphitheater. I love it. As part of Allegheny County's free 2022 summer concert series. May yeah, I give you some highlights? Please, yes. We have Soul Asylum. Hmm? We have Bo Deans. We have Joe Grishecki and the House Rockers, the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra, Michael Franti and Spearhead, uh, Allison Russell, The Regrets, which I've never heard of, but mm-hmm. I like that name. I think that's funny. Um, and the Hartwood series opens on June 5th with a performance by the Pittsburgh Opera. Very nice. And the Tamburitsons are there. No, I didn't what? know the Tamburitsons were still around. I didn't. The Tamburitsons. I what? knew they were still around, but the, I didn't see that in the song. Chrissy's shaking her head like she knows. You know all about the Tamburitsons? I do. I have, my cousins are in it. What? Oh, that's awesome. No, wait a second. There's that, there's that building on the boulevard. Right. On the boulevard of the Alice. It looks like it's empty. Like, I thought they were out of business. No. Hey, good. They're still doing their thing. Well, you, that's what are the nationalities of the Tamburitsons? Uh, is it Slovak? I think so, but mm-hmm. yeah, don't maybe quote me. Croatian. Right, yeah. Well, anytime you see the Tamburitsons, it's super cool. I mean, it's a uniquely I Pittsburgh thing. I love thing. that. All right. Number four. The Pens are about to play the New York Rangers in a Yay. playoff elimination game, which is why I'm wearing the shirt I'm mm-hmm. wearing. Go Pens. Uh, momentum is on their side, John. Also... History is, according to today's trib, the two teams have faced each other in the postseason seven times before, and the Pens have won five. Really? Okay, so that's good, right? Um, the puck drop tonight is at MSG, 7 p.m., Louie Louie in net. Let's finish it out and bring it home. Um, that is your top four very nice. at four. That's the worst name for a, st- uh, a stadium, MSG. Well, yeah, well I mean, okay. Like people say, I don't want MSG. Yeah, you usually right? say, I would rather have right. my dinner without it. Right, but now we're going to go to MSG. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think MSG might have been around before the actual food additive. You think? Madison Square Garden? Mm, may, uh, That's been MSG. there a long time. Yeah, it has been there a long time. Yeah. 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 I feel like MSG, at least nobody, even, nobody talked about it until 15 years ago. I guess. Maybe it, Does it give you a headache? I've never noticed it. Really? You but I, I always ask. No for, MSG. Right. Do you think they do it? They probably go, ah, they shake their head and go, yep, okay. And then they pour no, it in there. <laughs> do you notice it? I can't say I do. No. Christy, do you notice it? Yes. You do? Yeah, I get really bad headaches. Because really? she has migraines. Oh, that's she's right. She's susceptible to migraines yes. anyway. So no MSG. No MSG. And I looked it up and it was uh, 1908 was MSG became a, a food thing. additive. Interesting. Wow, that's a long time ago. Please look up Madison Square Garden. And see, I, We think that was built in the 50s. Here's the problem with Madison Square Garden. It was... It replaced Penn Station. They tore down the greatest architectural landmark in the country, and that's no exaggeration, to put up 
Madison Square Garden. I didn't Garden. know that. Oh, yeah. If you ever saw photographs, I mean, of what was there before Madison Square Garden, it was, it's incredibly beautiful. Incredibly beautiful. Just saying. Madison Square Garden's super cool, though. Yeah, it is. I love it. But it's very 60s. Do you remember the, um, the Howard Cosell introduction oh, to the Sinatra album? Yes, I do. Excellent. The main well, event? Yep. What do you got? It's very 60s because it opened in 1968. 68? Mm. Mm. I, mm-hmm. I, w- I would have thought it was 10 years earlier than yep. that. Okay. All right. So MSG, the additive, okay. wins. It always makes me nervous because the pens are up three to one, right? Mm-hmm. I remember, now this, people go, oh, it's in the bank, money in the bank. The 1971 and the 1979 World Series champion Pirates were behind in both series three to one. And they came back and won both series. Why would you bring that up today? Why would you say that out loud? Because it makes why, me nervous. Why do we have to discuss that? I don't want people to get too overconfident I, going money in the bank, three to one, we're good to go. Just remember, heart. no, it doesn't. I was feeling good about tonight until you just said that. Oh, now I'm all a flutter. Oh, like I'm a downer here. No, no oh. I'm just n- now like super Like the top four, four, what did, was it enough downer? And all of a sudden, like, you know, I'm like throwing it in. A, and don't eat MSG. <laughs> Also, I'm pre-diabetic. All that and more, it's The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Okay, a couple weeks ago, we talked about living with your parents. Our next guest is giving a really interesting thumbs up about the quality of living with your parents. That's next on The Ride Home. Karen Swallow Pryor. One hundred one point five WORD. The younger you begin filling the mind and the heart with the Word of God, the more of His power you experience when you grow up. Dr. Michael Youssef. The younger you begin to make your heart a home for the Word of God, the more peaceful you will be later on. Make plans to join us this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. When it comes to your child's education, consistency is key. And in a world that's been anything but, parents have found an unshakable educational partner in Eden Christian Academy where students experience an engaging, rock-solid Christian education at each of their three North Hills campuses, enabling them to thrive academically, spiritually, and socially. Schedule a personal tour today and see what a consistent, quality pre-K through 12th grade education can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Thanks for helping me out, Joe. Can I get you a glass of water? Great, thanks. No offense, Bill, but this water tastes terrible. Yeah, sorry about that. When you buy a new house, you never think to taste the water, do you? No, and I've actually got several friends around Pittsburgh that have the same issue. They all called Leaf Home Water Solutions for a free water test. Free water test? Yep, they come to your house and test your water safety for free. They can find all kinds of stuff like toxins, heavy metals, and bacteria. Oh, I don't want my family drinking that. Definitely not. You need a water treatment system from Leaf Home Water Solutions. It removes the harmful contaminants and makes your water clear, clean, and safe. Thanks, Joe. I'm calling Leaf Home Water Solutions today. Call 866-549-7426 now or go to goodwatertest.com for your free home water test and make sure you and your home have safe, healthy water. Call 866-549-7426 now or go to goodwatertest.com for your free in-home water test. Don't wait. Call 866-549-7426. 866-549-7426. The Mechanical Services Company. 
you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. The Mechanical Services Company has fixed HVAC systems large and small for over 100 years. For fair treatment, expert service, and affordable solutions 24-7-365, find them online at TMSCHVAC.com. The Mechanical Services Company, trusted, proven, preferred. Creation Festival 2022 is your summer destination. June 29th through July 2nd at Agape Farm, Shirleysburg, PA. Featuring Zach Williams, We the Kingdom, Bethel Music, Newsboys, Dante Bow, Red, and many more. Creation Festival, a tribute to our creator. Come for the day or the entire event and go home changed. Compassion International presents Creation Festival. Get half-off tickets now while they last exclusively at wordfm.com slash creation. There's a stigma. There's a stigma towards people who live with their parents. Wouldn't you say? We talked about this Probably on air. Probably written by some guy who lives in his parents' basement. You, you've heard that. Right. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, went to the phones, and people offered really varied and interesting perspectives on adult children that live with them. Right. And our question had to do with, if you have adult children, how what's your what are your financial parameters with them? Right. But our conversations with listeners went in a completely different direction. And we had several people calling to not talk about that as much as how they didn't want to be living with their parents, had to for different reasons. And then they were so glad that they were. Yeah. It opened our eyes, quite right. honestly. It changed the perspective. Well, Karen Swallow Pryor is with us. Karen's been a regular guest on our show throughout the years. She is a um, research professor of English and Christianity and Culture at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, the author of multiple books. I'm sure we'll talk about that during the conversation. But she wrote a piece that was picked up by a religion news service, Living with Your Parents Intentionally Can Be Life-Giving. Karen, friend, how are you? I'm good. It's good to be back with you guys. It's been a while. Yes. It sure has. Uh, but Karen, before we go any further, I have to thank you. You sent us two beautiful books. Again. Your, your latest commentaries on Tess and The Scarlet Letter. And I believe Tess is one of your favorite books ever. Am I right? You are right. Tess of the Durbervilles is one of my top three or four mm. books of all time. So it was a real joy to to present a new volume for readers. Well, thank you so much for thinking of us. And they are so beautiful. So like John said, let's just push that off to the side and talk about that whole collection at the end of our time together. But first of all, I want to hear about your mom and dad. So you've been close with your mom and dad since you were little. Did you have a time when you weren't and now you are again? What's that relationship been like? Well, actually, I mean, I, I love my mom and dad. We've always had a good relationship, but I haven't lived hadn't lived near them since I was 18 years old and left for college and they moved to another part of the country. And so for decades, uh, they lived very far away. And then um, about 11 years ago, uh, when they were trying to figure out where they were going to land for their final years, we decided um, to bring them here to our place and uh, build them a small home on our property. And so we have been... um, neighbors on the same same land uh, right outside my door for the past decade or so and it's just been a wonderful blessing fabulous okay so in your piece living with your parents intentionally can be life-giving you talk to any number of couples families who are doing essentially the same thing you are doing karen in many ways was was it surprising for you when you spoke to people about how well this worked because it seems from your writing things tend to work pretty good which runs counter to the narrative that it would be a train wreck 
I mean, I think, you know, just as you guys suggested in your opening, when we think about, you know, adult kids living with their parents, we think of them, you know, living in the basement and never having launched, so to speak. But what happened to inspire this article is that um, a close friend of mine uh, was moving into a new home that she and her parents had custom built. My friend is, is single, never married, doesn't have any kids, and they made a similar decision as, as um, my parents and I made. And so I sent out a tweet just kind of celebrating my friend for uh, moving into this new home with her parents and making this, this decision. And I got such a response to that tweet. Um, people were really encouraged by it. And so I just thought I would write an article. And so, of course, I ended up doing more research on, on this phenomenon that it's not just, you know, kids who you know, never, never left for college or after college, but multi-generational homes were once much more common in America. And of mm-hmm. course, they're common worldwide. And now, um, I, you know, I think it's, a, it's an option that more and more um, people can and should look at. And mm-hmm. some because of the pandemic, but I think even beyond that, um, we can think about kind of pooling our resources and our lives together in this way. Yeah. I mean, Karen, here in Pittsburgh, which, you know, uh, you know, Milhunk, way back in the 30s and 40s and 50s, it was common. I remember being a boy, you know, in the 60s and 70s and going into my friend's homes, you know, Baba, grandma and grandpa lived there. Mom and dad did as well. Oftentimes, you know, first married couples, there'd be three, four, sometimes five generations under one roof. Uh, that sort of took a little stigma, maybe like in the end of the 70s and the 80s, people's kind of, you know, went their own separate ways. But now it feels as though people, for various reasons, are coming back home again. And that, I think, is a positive thing, is what you're saying. Absolutely. I mean, just think about, you know, I mean, we've, we've lived a few decades of, of people just being spread out all over the country, and that removes, you know, grandchildren and grandparents and adult children from, from parents. And it's very, it's very hard. Um, and, I mean, there are lots of reasons for that, and sometimes it's inevitable, but I think a lot of people just don't look at it as a deliberate, conscious choice um, to come back together again and be together. Sure. Karen Swallow Pryor is with us. Karen is the author of On Reading Well, Finding the Good Life Through Great Literature. Um, Karen, let's talk about um, what are the what the factors are that are encouraging people to make this choice. What did you find out? Well, one of the people who responded to my tweet and that I wrote about a little bit in, in the article is someone who was a widow. And uh, when the pandemic hit, and the lockdown came, they, she just made the decision with her daughter and son-in-law to move in with them for that time during the lockdown so she could be near them and, and her young grandchildren. Uh, and it worked so well that as the lockdown ended and the pandemic seems to possibly hopefully be over, um, they just decided as a family that they would maintain that situation because everyone has benefited from it so much. So you know, it could be something that we do temporarily because of a need that arises, um, but it doesn't have to be temporary. And I think that's what, what people are, are looking at. Um, and, you know, there are lots of lots of factors to consider, lots of, you know, questions that should be asked ahead of time and maybe parameters set uh, and so forth. Um in my situation with my parents, we really didn't didn't have any boundaries or lines we needed to draw. I guess we just sort of have the same kinds of of, of values and, and and boundaries, and it's just worked so well together to to be close to one another and um, and to help one another. I mean, I've been hospitalized in the in the past few years. Both of my parents have, and 
we've all been able to kind of pull in and tag team um, in in those moments and and just help care share and carry one another's burdens. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a weird dichotomy, and I guess probably especially here in the West, in that there is, you know, oftentimes the so-called loneliness epidemic, right, where people move out of their homes and then there they are in a studio apartment or a one-bedroom apartment with very few friends or resources, while family is there, you know, maybe in another city. I, I wonder, you know, thinking and reading about this, Karen, is there a faith perspective about this that would drive this? I mean, you know, you wrote the piece for Religion News Service. Are, are Christians somehow how more engaged in this than a general population? Did that come up? You know, I didn't find that in my research, and that really would be a good question to ask. I think that, you know, we are just in a culture that is very um, individualistic and very work and career driven. So a lot of these decisions get made because people go where the jobs are, and often those jobs are in places that are are so expensive that they're small or they have to, um, you know, just make a lot, a lot of other kinds of sacrifices that keep keep family members apart, um, and I think we should question those things. Um, and we should, you know, we can make some decisions that that put other priorities first. And maybe that is one of the blessings of the pandemic. A lot of people have have seen that that some of their, if not all of their jobs, can be done remotely. Um, that allows people more choices in where they live. Um, and so this might be one of the, the blessings that we end this era with is, is, is making decisions that have that are based less on what our actual jobs are and, and more on how we can do our jobs and balance with other kinds of interests like family. Hmm. Dr. Karen Swallow-Pryor is with us. She's co-editor of Cultural Engagement, a Crash Course in Contemporary Issues, which is a really terrific book. She's contributed to numerous other books and has written a whole bunch of her own, which we'll talk about. Um, Karen, I want to switch topic for just a minute and um, ask you about the uh, cataclysm of last Monday night when you might have been on Twitter like I was and all of a sudden started seeing tweets about this leaked Supreme Court opinion and thought, well, that can't possibly be. And then after a while, you start thinking, wait, I think it is. Um, so I'm asking you about it because you've been involved in the anti-abortion movement for decades. Um, and now in this era of social media, and of course, all the rancor in Washington, this is, well, this whole story is really jacked up. Um, so give us your feelings on it and your thoughts after we've, you know, known it's been going on for more than a week. Yeah, well, of course, it's still just a leak. The court has not issued a decision, and and even just having such a a breach of trust with that leak is certainly a great concern. It it, it kind of feels like an attack on democracy, um, which is frightening in itself. And so even though I've worked for all of these years in, in hopes of seeing Roe versus Wade overturned, which, of course, is really just one one step um, in addressing abortion because it doesn't automatically um, outlawed or do anything like that. It just simply um, overturns a, a constitutional right um, to abortion and leaves us all to, to grapple with it at the state level and and um, and then hopefully again, you know, more at, at a national level if we can become more life affirming. Um, so it's a it's a lot of news to take in, and mm-hmm. it's not just the decision itself, but it's kind of where we are as a country. We're so polarized and fractured. Um, I don't know that we can really find. Um, unity uh, around this issue. Um, it's certainly, we it's been divisive for a long time, um, but it, it's really big news. But it's hard to know what to do with it because it's still not even officially sure. news yet, and these strange times. 
Yeah, and when the uh, opinions are released, I mean, you know, someone could have leaked it knowing that the opinion of the court is currently, as we're speaking, different than it was in February. Um, and so it could be another cataclysm uh, when the actual opinion is read. Um, let's talk just before you leave us, Karen, just about the conversation online about it. I mean, this has been a poisonous issue since the very beginning. Uh, it's not changing now. Um, and so I know that you've been subject to a bunch of really bizarre accusations about not what you're not pro-life enough or you know a pro-life person looks he has to check these appropriate boxes i mean it's just so nutty um how are you responding to that and talk about you know the boxes that people feel like you have to check mm-hmm. yeah it's it's actually um it, it 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 takes away from what i you know i wish had been a more celebratory and happy moment because yeah. we're we're fighting one another um even just within the pro-life movement, and uh, and, and you know that's a that's a picture of, of of a larger thing that's going on in the church, and so we're going through this time where we really are um, divided, even among who you know on who our friends are and who our enemies are, and and so I really you know my approach is to try to find as much common ground as we can and to engage as much dialogue as we can and understand one another as much as we can, but there are people who are really um, you know have different priorities in mind, and so that's an another division we face and it's it's, it's very painful um but i just want to be faithful and and yeah. get through it and you know inspire others to too because i this is a bad time in our nation and i just i hope it will pass and we can be part of helping it to pass good for you being faithful that's what we all need to be you know not not trying to please some sort of you know twitter faction or make the other pro life people like us or that whatever it i mean just being faithful to what you've been called to do Karen which i know you've done for a long time um i appreciate the fact that you put it that way all and right, yeah. i heartily second that yeah Hey, Karen, so there you are. You're a college professor. Uh, your term is over. The school year is over. You've got a little downtime right now. Uh, it must seem kind of weird. Uh, how do you keep yourself occupied? <laughs> well, it doesn't feel like downtime. I'm, I've got a book due in, in, uh, at the end of the summer. I've been working on it for the past year. And, um, yeah, so so hopefully I'll be on, you know, in the next year or so talking about the new book. Fabulous. <laughs> and what's the subject, Karen? Uh, the subject is the social imaginary of the evangelical movement for its past like three hundred years. It's seen through art, culture, literature, and um, yeah, and our everyday lives that we don't. Wow, that's uh, that's an ambitious subject. That's some heavy lifting. It's very ambitious. Mm-hmm. I might be have been too ambitious. So send up a prayer for me. Are the dogs I'm helping in any way, fine. Karen? Uh, they're keeping me entertained, and, okay. and uh, you know, yeah, they like to get in the way, too. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, just talk about your commentary series on literature, Karen, before you leave us. Yeah, the the, two, the, the series is done with the release of the last two volumes, Tess of the Berbervilles and The Scarlet Letter. Uh, we also have um, Frankenstein, Sense and Sensibility, Heart of Darkness, and Jane Eyre. And these are all beautiful, hard-class volumes that have introductions by me and light annotations for hard words or archaic terms, and lots of discussion questions. So you can pick up one of these books and treat it like um, taking a class with me by yourself or with a book club. Listen, this would make such a beautiful gift Mm. for anyone who loves those books. So well done. These are so... It's a lovely binding. It's a beautiful typeface. Everything about it, just first class. Mm. And of course, the content you can't beat. Karen, thanks for being with us today. 
thanks for having me. Always good to have you. Always good. Karen Swallow Pryor, you can find her easily online. She is a a writer extraordinaire and and, uh, in many different places. Yeah, Twitter's an excellent place where she posts regularly. Karen Swallow Pryor, research professor of English and Christianity, culture, Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. The goal of this commercial is to show you that if you buy a new home this year without using our two advantages, you will probably have made a pretty big boo-boo financially. I learned that word from my nieces. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and today we announce something brand new. For Word FM listeners on new home purchases this year, we will now pay $1,000 of your closing costs. And there's no gimmicks. We simply believe that home purchases are going to go up this year, and we want to excite you to use us. The second advantage is our direct lender advantage. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money within its own walls. There's no middleman, which often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. So don't make a boo-boo. Take advantage of our new $1,000 lender credit and our direct lender advantage. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. The Mechanical Services Company has fixed HVAC systems large and small for over 100 years. For fair treatment, expert service, and affordable solutions 24-7-365. Find them online at tmschvac.com. The Mechanical The Bible. Scholars have debated it. World leaders have quoted it. Nations have fought for it. And now, you can experience it like never before. From world-shaping history to present-day events, come explore the most impactful book of all time through interactive exhibitions, immersive galleries, and breathtaking artifacts, where ancient stories and modern technology come together to bring the undeniable impact of the Bible to life. Museum of the Bible. What's in it will surprise you at museumofthebible.org. It's a very common fear to have a fear of the dentist. There's a reason patients love Dr. Megan Stock. Voted Pittsburgh Trib's best of the best dentist in northern Allegheny County for the second year in a row. I feel particularly drawn to making sure that all patients are at ease. That extra gentle touch, the extra nudge to tell them it's okay, we'll get through this together. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry, Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Sharing sides is good. Getting enough so you don't have to? That's finger licking good. Choose three large KFC sides, like secret recipe fries or creamy mac and cheese with eight pieces of tenders or fried chicken when you get KFC's Side Lovers Meal. Order now on the KFC app. Prices of participation may vary. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. We'll see clear skies tonight below 52. Tomorrow, plenty of sunshine, high 78. Tomorrow night, mainly clear skies, low 60. On Friday, sunny to partly cloudy with a high of 78. Friday night, mostly cloudy and mild, low 59. And looking to Saturday, cloudy much of the day with a few showers and a thunderstorm, the high 76. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Grace Miratori. 
we've been following along closely these last several months. Kath is doing a little renovation at her house. The kitchen's been torn apart, so she's been forced to, along with her husband, make meals in an upstairs bedroom on a hot plate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know how you're doing this, but uh, the things that you were regaling with us through the hot plate specials, please, is this the final meal? John, this started on uh, January 30th. It's a long time ago. Lots happened since January 30th. So you're three and a half months into it. We are. It'll be four months in just a couple weeks. Mm. You're close? Well, here's the thing, John. Looking at the hot plate. You know, I have went through all sorts of different... Like, at the beginning, I was very ambitious about what I was going to cook on the hot plate. Yeah. And then I realized I had to cook the... I had to clean the pan and everything in the bathtub. <laughs> so I... You backed, didn't anticipate that. I backed up that bus. And then I was doing a lot of egg-type meals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Eggs. And then I kind of... That was still doing, you know, in the bath. I had to back that. Anyway, you know where I am now? Mm-hmm. I'm done. Oh, what do you mean you're done? I'm not using the hot plate. I'm what? Done. The hot I just plate's don't want done? To. You know what I'm doing every single night? What? You know those bagged salads that you oh, can buy yeah, at sure. Giant Eagle? Which are safe. I love a bagged salad. Listen, we are doing them every night. Excellent. That's They're what, fine. You know, you know That's what, all you're eating, though, you is a bagged salad? You know what I'm using the hot plate for? Hmm. Nothing. Oh. I'm over it. John, I'm gone. done with this. I could see why. I'm over. It's just, I can't. I would just be doing takeout. I can't. Between salads and takeout, what I the d- heck, right? I d- Plus your husband's a vegetarian, which necessitates just, you being a vegetarian. I mean. It's just a lot. So it's like five bag salads a week. Mm. Well, 10 if you you know count him and me. 10 bag salads a week is where we are. No, That's all you're eating though is a hot, salad for the dinner? The hot plate, I'm using it to like store like glasses on. Aren't you hungry? No, I'm fine. Just a bag of salad? Just a little disgusted. Like right now, like you're going to go home and you're going to have a bag of salad for the Pens game? Uh-huh. How about a burger? Why don't you go to Burger King and do a little takeout on the way home? Oh, no, they have a lot for vegetarians at Burger King. He can have a salad. <laughs> he can have the salad. I'll have a burger. See, and I don't feel right about that. Yeah, well, I'm sorry for that. Okay, so it's over. So it's over. How soon will the, uh, is the oven back up? Is the, 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 I think in a couple, I think I'll, right on the cusp. Of having a stove. Yeah. How about the door handles, the cupboard handles? Nope. They're not going to be there yet for a while. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to get in there. And it's not that anyone's jacking us up. Yeah. It's not like people are shirking their responsibility. No, they're doing just, their work. They're doing their work, and it's a big project, and it's COVID. Can you do pizza? We can do pizza. Yeah. So why don't you yeah. do a pizza tonight? Sure. Stop over here at Vincent's and get a white pizza for Listen, the Penn's game. Christy, you notice how John has all these suggestions. I'm just he saying. Does. like it. You try I, I hate the idea of like sitting around. I mean, I like a bag salad, but I mean, every night, not of doing that. You know, okay. Southwest, yeah. you know, Mex. Mm-hmm. I like into, the Southwest you know, one a lot. You know, the one I had last night made my lip swell. A lot of cabbage in those things. A lot. Right? You're I think chewing. cabbage is really cheap. Yeah. I think I, that's why there's a lot of cabbage in there. in there. And then they throw like little croutons or some seeds right. or but some But never bacon really bits. enough croutons or seeds. Or the dressing. You yeah. Kind of and you kind of have to add to it. So in retrospect, what are you eating the bag salads for? <laughs> I mean, what the heck? Have a pizza. You know why? Because I'm not doing the hot plate. Hot plate specials are done. Okay, good. Goodbye. Pens are playing tonight. Stop and get a white pizza on the way home is what I'm saying. That's a good thought. Okay. All right. Hot plate special. Goodbye to you forever. May you never visit our house.
101.5 WORD. The current school year is not even over, but Word FM is already talking about heading back to school. Back to school! If you've ever considered sending your child to a Christian school, but the cost was holding you back, check out the WORD half-price tuition deals now at wordfm.com. Send your child to a school that's teaching them the same values you're teaching at home for the full year, but only pay for half. See the complete list of schools now at wordfm.com slash tuitions. I'm Doug Mastriano. I know something about fighting for freedom. My 30 years of military service showed me how much we took our freedoms for granted. When the lockdowns came and the left trampled our rights, I was one of the few to stand up for freedom. I fought for the integrity of our elections. I fought for medical freedom, to choose what medicine we put in our bodies, and for the rights of Pennsylvanians to operate and conduct business. I fought for our elderly and our special needs children. And I fought for parents' rights to raise their kids without indoctrination in school. Now the spirit of our Walk as Free People movement has caught fire. I'm Doug Mastriano, and I'm running for governor because this election is about freedom. Join me to restore freedom, revive our families, rebuild our economy, and to get us back to greatness. Visit DougForGov.com. That's DougForGov.com. And let's take our state back. Paid for by friends of Doug Mastriano. Have you ever thought you'd like to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? My name is Ron Legrand, and over the past 40 years, I've bought over 3,000 houses without using my money or credit and taught thousands to do the same. Today, even in a virtual environment, we buy nice houses and nice neighborhoods using no banks, realtors, contractors, or other costly entanglements, and build huge cash flow and wealth without the hassle of tenants, all without credit and little or no money. You don't need a license or experience, and I'll show you exactly how it's done. Text RON to 99799 and I'll send you my free training. I promise I'll change the way you think about real estate and open the door to a new lifestyle that doesn't involve risk or rehabs and can quickly replace your current income. Text RON to 99799 and let me show you how to take your life back and build cash flow and wealth from your home. That's RON to 99799. Again, text RON to 99799. The Mechanical Services Company. Trusted, proven, preferred for all mechanical systems. Heating and air, our team has got you covered. Maintenance, service, installs and repair. Call us when you need comfort. Online at TMSCHVAC.com. The Mechanical Services Company Trusted, proven, preferred Kath, I'm going to ask you a personal question here. Okay. Do you have enough friends? (laughs) Not the thing you could have brought up to me at the pre-show meeting. Do you have enough friends? How am I supposed to answer that? I don't know. I'm just, it's a simple question. Not this or that, but you know, I feel like I have a lot of friends. I don't, I don't feel at this point in my life that we I need, need more friends. I mean, our job is pretty busy, and I feel like we work a lot. So you know what I mean. I don't have a lot of free. It's not like I have a lot of free nights where I think, boy, I really wish I could go out and do something with somebody. Well, you're a very social person, and you like people an awful lot. I do, but so, we also have to work a lot. So I feel like. If you combine our working, I can only you know squeeze in a certain number of people. 
oftentimes for me, I'll just bring this back. Like, I'm tired of talking. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, so. Yeah, when we go home, you know, like. It, I'm still talking. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. It's kind of hard to shut it off. My wife's pretty much done. My wife's a Midwesterner. Yeah, they're different. Oh. I, she can go long stretches, not say a whole lot to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe just me. <laughs> <laughs> it could not have to do with the being a Midwesterner. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I'll go home and, and talk and. I, I don't know. I just, I just. Anyway, I saw a piece. How many friends do you really need? Okay. Which in the New York Times? Yeah. And I remember. I've, I've sold. I've told you this several times. I remember being a boy, and thinking about my dad, and you know, like seeing sitcoms dads, which is an unfair barometer, of course, for anything that's sure, right. <laughs> grounded in reality. But thinking, my dad doesn't have friends like the sitcom guys do. Mm. Like, you know, guys weren't coming Most over for beers right. mm-hmm. or they weren't hanging out watching the game or things like that. Right. And I always kind of thought, well, I'm not going to be that way. And my dad had friends. Like, my dad would regale us at dinner time, like, with the guys he worked with. Sure. His buddies that he worked with were his, were his best friends. Sure. Um, but as far as, like, you know, uh, the next door neighbor and things like that, he was good buddies with him. He didn't have, like, a roster of, of guys. That's common for men. That- isn't that true? I, I would say so. Even in the weird, like, you know, like you go on somebody's Facebook page. How about this? When you go on somebody's Facebook page and they have like 5,000 friends or, you know, right. well, some crazy right. number. So I think that those aren't friends. No, right? of course not. No. So in this article. But, you, but let me just break in and say that you are very different than that because you are, I think, incredibly consistent in your friendships. I try to be. Yeah. You're very you good know, at that. Thank you. I mean, it requires some work, right? It does, but you know? you, you're always open to have your schedule changed yeah. and to you know squeeze something in. And I don't. Okay, so in this article, it says you know friendship in America has been in decline, and the trend accelerated, of course, during the pandemic because everybody was alone. Three decades ago, three percent of Americans told Gallup pollsters they had no close friends. Mm. In 2021, an online poll put that at 12 percent. Wow. About a year into the pandemic, 13% of women and 8% of men ages 30 to 49 said that they had lost touch with most of their friends. It's a natural question. The ideal number of friends, mm-hmm. just like we have guidelines and recommendations for the amount of sleep we get and how physically active we are, health is relevant to the amount yeah. of friends that you have. Yeah. So how many friends is enough? How do you determine that? Well, I, in the piece, how many friends do you really need? They talk about your tight circle, your besties. Mm-hmm. Most people have, well, if you're married, there's the intimate friend. Right. Beyond that, most people if from this piece and the research, one to two, at the max, three of very intimate good friends. And the research says, that's enough. Beyond that, an outer circle of one, two, three very intimate friends to five to ten close friends. Okay. Enough. And then beyond that, a lighter circle of acquaintances, people that you would connect with but necessarily don't hang out with often. Okay. 20 to 30, which seems like an awful that lot. That does seem like an awful lot for the, yeah. And, 
Would an extrovert have more friends or would they just spend more time with their friends? I wonder. That's a good question. I, it's not like I don't enjoy being with people because I do, but I certainly get my recharging from being alone. Me too. You know what I mean? So I need, and I get most of that happens at night for me because, you know, my husband gets up at four in the morning. So he goes to bed at nine. And so I stay up until one in the morning or so. And so I have like oh four hours where I'm alone. Time. Alone. Right. So, but, and that works well for me. And you know what I mean? But, I would. I just wonder if it's amount of time, or it's the quality of your time. And, and I then, would say quality of time. Okay. Right? Well, so in quality of time, I have. I feel like I'm very rich in friends because I have a group of friends from high school. There are five of us from high school who have stayed in touch all these years, and we very rarely see each other. But but we we're always together twice a year. Throughout the year, though, I mean, so we talk, we text throughout the year. Okay, but twice a year we commit to to being. We spend one day together at, in the spring, and we spend a weekend together in the fall. Excellent. And we okay, do that great. every year. But okay, but so that's not a lot of time. No, it's but not. But it's quality time. But if something happened, if you needed a friend outside of your husband, yeah, you feel like I can call somebody, sure. and I and yes. that friend knows me, yes. and I can go into it and yes. talk about it, and they understand the situation, and that would love on me, and right. that be, we'd be good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have a and do you, are you the kind of person that has friends from different parts of your life? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So I have a group of friends from church. Mm-hmm. Who I've known for a couple decades right. too, and I know that I could reach out to them. I see them much more regularly than I do my friends from high school because they're all local. So yeah. that's another group of friends. Right. I have theater friends. Mm. Well, you know the circle. Yeah. I, I just wonder about that. You know, because uh, as we were talking with Karen Swallow prior about you know you living with your people living with their parents and this you know so called which I believe is true the loneliness epidemic and you know social media friends which is just fluff. I mean, I think a large, I think a lot of people are lonely, mm-hmm. and church is a good place to create friendships. But at its core, people need each other. Yeah, and we've kind of lost you, that. What do you think about work as being a place for friends? No, no. That's so hard. <laughs> Later, Christy. What are we? No, no, no. That's so. That's no. I mean, rude. No, no, rude. no. I mean, you guys are my friends. Well, are you using air quotes here? Or no, what? no, no, uh, no. This is why he didn't come out with us that night. Exactly right. Christy. I was rebuffed. I was rebuffed. I was rebuffed. Save you. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, um, I mean, my work friends are work friends. But going out with, I mean, I have to say, like, it's a little different with the three of us. Because we closely intertwined, yeah, we are very closely intertwined, and so when we go out, we oh, have a, we have a very good time. We have a great time. But the, I think the average person who works with a group of people, you can often bring work with you when you're socializing. That's all which, it is. Which might not help. You might not feel like you really have friends then, because you're just regurgitating kind of what you've done all day. Well, how about like you know when we go and you're forced into a, a corporate thing? Let's all meet in the conference room. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and do that i yeah, mean I, sure. I, you know I, that to me is not really relaxing or i mean it's friendly but it's not like well and it's again a little different here because at word fm it's a small group right. and so we all know each other and have been friends for a long time but if you i mean i know you've worked a lot of places 
I've worked at a lot of places where that conference room situation is painful. Oh, my gosh. And there are people that you don't know well or people who are at very different levels of a company. And so it's a pressure-packed environment. I mean, I remember those days. Yeah. Well, I just I worry. I worry. I, I, I don't worry. I, I think about people alone. Yeah, me too. And how rich and enjoyable friendships are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love them so much, and I, you know, I think about them. My friends, I pray for them. I, I, I look forward to being with them and seeing them. But I just know our phones are not our friends, or Facebook is not yeah. our friends. Yeah, yeah. And there's something that's changed in the nature of who we are, as you know, in a, this modern age of connectivity that is not con- connected. Do you think it's hard to meet friends in church? Well, I think it's the individual, but I think it is hard to meet friends. Yeah. Overall, yes. Okay. Yeah, and I think especially I, church because church has its own set of weirdness. Sure. Right. And, and some I think people a, and some churches are hard to break into. Right. I think a lot of people they go to worship and as soon as it's over they bolt for the door. It's more of an individual thing. It's not necessarily about the community, mm-hmm. which of course church in, in its essence could and should be about. The, the intertwining of each other in our connection with with Jesus, yeah. and then you know from that, how do we respond to the greater community? But you need friendship and connectivity to do that. To do that, yeah. So it's very complex. I, I don't know. I just I do believe that we are in a friendship epidemic, and we need we all of us need at least one good friend. And I think a lot of people don't have that good friend. So what does that look like? My don't, isn't your fear? My fear is. You're old and alone. Sure. Nobody wants to be old and alone. Right. You need family and you need good friends to yeah. sort of help to you. you right. Help you. Everybody needs help here. Right. I don't know. The church is a good place. Well, look at it this way. John, when you're old, Christy and I will still be calling you asking, where are you? What do you mean? Because we're going to be sitting out at the place waiting oh. for you to come. And you're going to blow us off because you're going to say, oh, those were my work like quote unquote friends. <laughs> That's not true. I love you guys. Concerned about it. All right. All right. Okay, friends. What's next for us here? The oh, Hollow Bridge is under construction. Thank goodness. That's super exciting. Since January that, that to May, it was super fast. Yeah. I will talk about that next. My brother in law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1-800-940-6161. That's 1-800-940-6161. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1-800-940-6161. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. The Mechanical Services Company. Trusted, proven, preferred. 
you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. The Mechanical Services Company has fixed HVAC systems large and small for over 100 years. For fair treatment, expert service, and affordable solutions 24-7, 365. Find them online at TMSCHVAC.com. The Mechanical Services Company. Trusted, proven, preferred. Try Life Center. A faith-based pregnancy and family resource center in Lower Borough is hosting their annual Walking for Babies event at Northmoreland Park on Saturday, May 21st. To register online, donate, or learn more, visit event.fundeasy.com slash 22916. That's event.fundeasy.com slash 22916. Or register in person on May 21st. Try Life Center, helping families succeed. My heart was racing just making spaghetti. I could have waited to tell my doctor, but I didn't wait. I was short of breath just reading a book. I could have delayed telling my doctor, but I didn't wait. They told their doctors and found out they have atrial fibrillation, a condition which makes it about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you have one or more of these symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, this is no time to wait. Contact your doctor. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Urban Impact Foundation hosts the 10th Annual Man Up Pittsburgh Conference, June 11th at Victory Family Church in Cranberry, 7.30 to 3 p.m., a day to encourage men in their calling to love God, their wives, their families, and the fatherless in their communities. With Ryan Shazier, Mike Tomlin, Tony Dungy, Ed Glover, and over 25 powerful speakers to help you maximize your impact in your home, neighborhood, and city. Man Up Pittsburgh, June 11th. Register at manuppittsburgh.com. January 20th, the Fern Hollow Bridge, which 9 out of 10 people in Pittsburgh never knew it was called the Fern Hollow Bridge. Until it collapsed. Collapsed on the day that uh, President Biden was coming to Pittsburgh to talk about his infrastructure bill. I mean, you know, I mean, I know. it was so serendipitous. Really I love it was. so much. Anyway, the good news is the construction has started on the on the new bridge. That's got to be the fastest turnaround mm-hmm. of any construction project in Allegheny County history. Without a doubt, the federal government has uh, designed um, and covered this uh, bill with twenty five point three million dollars in a federal infrastructure emergency bill. So this past week, they started to dig um, down into the ground underneath where the bridge was, so they could start to put concrete supports in. Now the top of the bridge is not is not completed yet. The uh, the engineering and design of that. Um, oh, so they're just building the supports, the supports for now, right? Okay. So the word is, and I see a photograph of it that it looks like pretty much a typical highway bridge. Oh, okay. Like there's not a whole lot of you know aesthetic beauty to it. Which, to be honest, at this point, I don't think a lot of people really care about. Right, but I that mean, that bums me out a little. Th- I think that will come. I mean, the Arts Commission in the city of Pittsburgh is always involved in, you know, their two cents about design. Mm -hmm. So at the top of the bridge, what, you know, the lighting will look like, what the railings will look like. I've never been under it. I know you've you've, you? you spent tons of time under it. Oh, yeah. And so it's just a hollow. It's just I mean, it's a it's a walking path. Yeah. But the having it be a beautiful bridge would be really helpful there, right? Well, not particularly. I mean, you know, the old bridge, you know, sort of spanned, you know, it didn't go in the center of the path. It was on either side where the uh, where the strength of the bridge was, Okay, which may say something about why it collapsed. (laughs) 
But so in the in the park itself, there will be concrete pillars, four of them. Okay. All right, fine. I mean, you're not hanging out there. You're going through there. You're walking from one place in the park to another so place in the park. Much. No. Okay. But the good news is the bridge is being built. It should be completed what in 12 to 18 months, they're saying. Really? Yeah. The whole thing? Yes. That has to be a record. Fabulous. I'm all for it. Me too. Because I use that, of course. that part of the city yes, all, all the, the time. time. And I, you know, I miss being out there. So anyway... The good news is the bridge is being built. The design on top of the bridge will come at some later date. And soon and very soon, people will have access to the East End like we used to have. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Senate has rushed into a vote on a bill that would enshrine Roe versus Wade abortion access in the federal law. The roll call promised to be the first of several efforts in Congress to preserve the nearly 50-year-old court ruling, which declares a constitutional right to abortion services, but is at serious risk of being overturned by a conservative Supreme Court. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says the GOP will knock down what he calls chilling legislation. We will stand with the American people, stand with innocent life, and block the Democrats' extreme bill. The Democrats' slow majority appears unable to overcome a filibuster from Republicans. Inflation slowed in April, but still high. Consumer prices jumping 8.3% from 12 months earlier. This is SRN News. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the Springhouse. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarrustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarrustpittsburgh.com. Windows 
So I found a new fear last week. I walked into my doctor's office and there was nobody at the front desk. Just one of those little silver bells that said, please ring. I crept my little finger up to it, trying to just barely touch it. But sure enough, it sounded like a giant air horn going off. It's Ryan. And the goal of this commercial is for our faith and family mortgage team to say, don't be scared to smash our bell. Maybe you're thinking of buying a new home, but you don't know what the exact details would look like. Maybe the value of your current home has skyrocketed the last few years. Most have. And so you'd like to see what it would look like to cash out some of that newfound equity to use for life. We chose Word FM specifically, and we're committed to super serving this station for the long haul. So ding that bell away. No question is too dumb. No pressure will you ever feel. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay $1,000 of your closing costs on new home purchases. Whew, that's a lot. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. We'll see clear skies tonight, below 52. Tomorrow, plenty of sunshine, high 78. Tomorrow night, mainly clear skies, low 60. On Friday, sunny to partly cloudy with a high of 78. Friday night, mostly cloudy and mild, low 59 and looking to Saturday. Cloudy much of the day with a few showers and a thunderstorm, the high 76. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Grace Miratori. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Oftentimes you'll sit in your backyard or you know, wherever you are and you see one of those little planes flying overhead and you think, who's in there? You know, a little Cessna. Two-seater. Yeah, what's that all about? It's super cool. Especially when you, it really draws my attention at nighttime. Like you hear like the drone of an engine and you mm-hmm. think, somebody's up there. And they're, I mean, it's so cool. I just, but imagine how solitary that is to be thousands of feet up in the sky and you're controlling everything about where you're headed. Terrifies me. It, I, Truly. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, a, a friend of mine got their license, their pilot license, and they went up there for the first time at nighttime, flying at nighttime, which is all part of the, they got lost and mm-hmm. didn't know where they were at nighttime. I believe that. Listen, I spent my whole life boating right i grew up boating i remember i was probably in seventh grade sixth grade the first time i went out in a boat at night now i was boating on an area i knew like the back of my hand yeah when it was dark i didn't know where Mm. i was everything looked the same yeah and that was a place i knew it wasn't like it was a place i just showed up the thought of doing that in the air how wild is that anyway Anybody who's flying a, a small plane, that's a, a different kind of person. Listen to this story. Yesterday, a passenger flying in a single-engine plane about 20 miles east of Boca Raton, Florida, radioed air traffic control. They said, I've got a, sit- a serious situation here. My pilot has gone incoherent, adding that I'm about 9,000 feet up in the sky and I have, quote, no idea how to fly an airplane. The passenger, who did not identify himself in the exchange, told the control tower that he was not sure where he was, only that, quote, he could see the coast of Florida in front of me. So, 
For the next five minutes, the air traffic controller instructed the passenger on how to keep the plane stable and how to begin to make a descent. Try to hold the wings level, see if you can start wait, descending. No, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Is an air traffic controller, every air traffic controller is able to do that? Able to talk, teach you, like talk you through a, a flight like that if you've never flown? Well, I think that they probably know the basics, of course. Most of these guys probably have, or these people have their own, you know, they probably have their pilot's license. But the air traffic controller who first took this radio call said, let me switch you to a flight instructor. So okay. someone okay. well-versed okay. in the airplane that they were flying, okay. the controls that were in front of them. So throughout much of the exchange, the person flying the plane now, they remained relatively calm, even as the person said things like, I have no idea how to stop the airplane. I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> oh! So the tower eventually contacted air traffic controllers and they guided him to the Palm Beach International Airport. A FAA spokesperson said in a statement to the Washington Post that the plane identified in the recordings was a Cessna 208 registered to an address in Connecticut. It landed in Palm Beach County around 1230 Tuesday afternoon following a possible pilot medical issue. Two people were on board and... The Cessna 208 is a single-engine propeller plane measuring 38 feet long, 15 feet tall, with a 52-foot wingspan. And it can be used to transport passengers and cargo. 52 feet? That's not a little plane. It's not a little tiny plane. No flying experience, the controller said. We've got a controller that worked them down. That's a flight instructor. The level of difficulty, the person says... um, with terms of dealing with having zero flight time to fly and land a single-engine turbine aircraft is absolutely incredible. I remember, says the flight controller who brought the person down, when I first started flight training, whenever I was first starting out, I was white-knuckled and sweating. And that person had to get it right the first time. Can you imagine? Seriously, it makes me like physically sick thinking mm. about that. That's astounding. My guess is that person won't fly, <laughs> fly in a plane like that ever again. The person's going to get like the Greyhound annual yeah. plan. And no comment on what happened to the to the pilot. Right. If he's okay. And there were only two people on the plane. Yeah. There could have been 30 people on the plane probably. I don't know. So, I don't know how many people, but just as luck would have it if that's such a thing. Can you imagine, though? God bless him. Wow. All right. We need to take a break. All right. When we come back, an amazing story of a man who came from a Muslim background, converted to faith in Christ, along with his family. We'll talk about it next on The Ride Home. WORD. I understand why people make fun of where I come from. I get it. Word FM presents a night out. I know a guy that wants to date his cousin. I know that guy. With comedian Chad Thornsbury. And he's asked my advice. He goes, man, what do you think? Uh, no. 7 p.m. May 20th at Impact Christian Church, Moon Township. He goes, no, it's not what you're thinking. We just have a lot in common. Yeah, like uncles. General admission, just $30 each. Tickets on sale now at wordfm.com slash night out. 
When it comes to your child's education, consistency is key. And in a world that's been anything but, parents have found an unshakable educational partner in Eden Christian Academy where students experience an engaging, rock-solid Christian education at each of their three North Hills campuses, enabling them to thrive academically, spiritually, and socially. Schedule a personal tour today and see what a consistent, quality pre-K through 12th grade education can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Hey, Earl, did you hear that Senator Mastriano voted to pass Act 77? You're kidding. Isn't that the law that allowed no-excuse mail-in ballots that the Democrats are abusing? Yeah, but it's worse than that. Mastriano also proposed that folks with COVID should be mandated to register with the government or be punished. And that's a violation of my privacy rights. Uh, What will they come up with next? A tax increase? You know, Earl, now that you mention it, he has... Mastriano is proposing a 60% increase in our Pennsylvania income tax. Wow. Unbelievable. I'm sure glad I talked to you guys. Don't be like Earl. Get the facts. Doug Mastriano can't be trusted. Paid for by Pennsylvania Patriots for Election Integrity, LLC. The Mechanical Services Company. Trusted. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. The Mechanical Services Company has fixed HVAC systems large and small for over 100 years. For fair treatment, expert service, and affordable solutions 24-7, 365. Find them online at tmschvac.com. The Mechanical Services Company. Trusted, proven, preferred. The Bible. Scholars have debated it. World leaders have quoted it. Nations have fought for it. And now... You can experience it like never before. From world-shaping history to present-day events, come explore the most impactful book of all time through interactive exhibitions, immersive galleries, and breathtaking artifacts where ancient stories and modern technology come together to bring the undeniable impact of the Bible to life. Museum of the Bible. What's in it will surprise you at museumofthebible.org. Our next guest has an amazing story of how Christ came into his life. Nathan Rostenpour is with us. He is a pastor, and uh, we saw a piece in Christianity Today about salvation came to his Iranian household, and here to tell that story firsthand is Pastor Nathan. Pastor, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, John, for having me. Mm-hmm. Nathan, let's start with um, what Tehran was like when you were growing up? Um, first of all, when was that? And talk about the environment. Sure. Thanks so much, Kathy. Uh, I, I was born in Iran, in Tehran, the capital city, um, 38 years ago. And then I was uh, born also in a Muslim family. So uh, my mom was a teacher. She knew a lot about Islam. So I grew up in a, um, a religious family. And um, just as a young uh, teenager in Tehran, I remember the days that I started to hear about Christianity, uh, and um, that was mostly about the the, the story that I was I, I was about to uh, tell you guys today. Yes. So then you're saying, Pastor, that early on in your life you would call yourself a, a pious boy, right? 
Yes, sir. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, some people grow up in religious households. Sure. Uh, other people don't have any connection at all to a, to a God of the universe. Right. And what was that connection like with your community? Was your, um, was your, was there a strong Islamic current through your friends and family? Uh, not all of them, uh, because in Iran there are, we have, we have nominal Muslims and we have also strict Muslims. And my mom uh, was a devout Muslim, but not really like a radical Muslim, uh, never. But um, she just, she was hungry for God. She just um, wanted to know God more, more and more every day. And she would encourage us to uh, read the Quran, do the Islamic prayers. And she would always encourage us to know more about Islam. And because she believed that Islam is the best and, you know, is the last religion, and uh, the prophet of, of, of Islam is the you know last prophet, according to the Islamic uh, theology, and she would always encourage us to know about it more and more. Fabulous. So, it sounds like a good mom, right? I mean, she wants her son to be raised right. She wants her son to know God. Uh, I, I'm, you know, we talked, I think, boy, years and years ago, and, I, and I, Pastor, I told you about this. Uh, a woman used to join us. Her name is Manda Zand Irvin, and uh, she grew up in Iran uh, when the Shah was in power. And she talked about, you know, well, my life was, you know, I, I, I as a woman, we were living in a modern society, and I, and I, I wielded mm-hmm. some sort of power, you know, in my life. That, you yeah, know, she worked for the government then yeah. and had a high-ranking position and mm-hmm. felt a lot of um, satisfaction in her work and her education, felt like she had you know influence in her community and of course you know when the ayatollah um came to power it disappeared instantly yeah so everything changed now of course at at 38 you know you you were sort of late to that you you did not know uh, iran in that era right you knew it in in a different way definitely yes Um, my mom and my dad used to tell us you know great stories about the shah um period of time in iran all the you know good things that uh, they used to have so but but i was born in an islamic government in in that environment and uh, under a lot of different you know pressures and limitations yes. and uh if you're asking the young generation nowadays in iran they uh they're not satisfied they're angry with the government they don't like them they want these mullahs to go and uh they want uh iran's freedom back for sure yes. really so ta- um what are they dissatisfied with nathan um, you know, nowadays, if you if you talk to the young generation in Iran, most of them they don't consider themselves devout devout Muslims. They just they say that we only believe in God, and they are tired of Islam, and um, that's why actually my, it, it gives me a great chance for my ministry to reach these people and share the gospel with them, share share the hope of the gospel with them because. Um, honestly, most of them they are completely hopeless. They don't they don't see anything for their future because they are in a terrible situation that they have a corrupted um, government that they don't care about them. So they don't have any hope. Yes, how desperate that must be the situation. So, but Nathan, so there you are, as a young boy. Your mother and father, they're both devout Muslims. You were secure in your faith until one day, as you talk about in the Christianity Today testimonial, a relative, a family relative showed up, and that changed everything. Please tell us this story. How old were you when this event started? 
I was almost 18, and uh, you know, as a 18-year-old teenager, I was in a different world. I, I honestly didn't um, care much about religion, but my mom uh, would encourage me to to you know listen to their conversation with that uh, relative of, of us. So when uh, oh my gosh, that was that was wonderful. That was the first time I would uh, like hear something powerful from. Uh, someone that um, uh, was talking about God. Hmm. She she used uh, scriptures. She talked about Jesus. She talked about freedom in Jesus Christ. And that was my first time to hear about Jesus like that, because in Islamic schools, they would teach us that, uh, you know, Jesus is just a simple uh, prophet, and Christianity is um, is older than Islam, and it's just it's not as complete as Islam. Yes. And you know, Christians are there; <laughs> they are they are not bad people. They're just just uh, Jesus was a prophet, and that's it. But that was the first time that she uh, shared with us that you can have freedom in Jesus Christ, and you can have eternal life in Jesus Christ. And as I mentioned in my article, I used to have a great fear in my heart uh, from death, and especially the death of my parents, to the point that sometimes I would go to their room, to bedroom, and check if they were uh, breathing. And it was a huge amount of fear in my um, heart about afterlife. And her words uh, and the scriptures that she was sharing with me, honestly, was like a medicine to my soul. And uh, that was my first time hearing such powerful and anointed words mm. from someone, and that was the, the that was the power of the word of God. So, uh, I'm I'm really thankful for that relationship. That on that specific day, she came to us and shared the gospel with us. Fabulous. And Nathan, that first day when you heard this, you didn't question her. You didn't you didn't doubt. Uh, not me, but I remember my mom asked a lot of questions because she was the one that was debating about, you know, different differences in theology and, you know, big subjects like Jesus deity or Trinity or, uh, you know, these are, these are huge, huge things for Muslims to accept at the first, I mean, first time that we shared the gospel with them, but we need to take time. The exact thing that she did with us, she took time, she prayed for us, she patiently answered my mom's questions and, I was just listening to them, and uh, back in that time, I didn't—I had no idea about uh, God's revelation. But the Holy Spirit was touching me and just revealing all these great theological truths to me. That I remember, I just went to my room and I found my myself on my knees, looking up to the sky, and said, "Jesus, I, I don't know much, but I know that you are God, you are Lord. Save me, set me free." And that was the Holy Spirit, just the Spirit of God filled that atmosphere in that um, you know, small room that she was talking with us. And it was just amazing. God, God met us uh, in that uh, afternoon. Fabulous. So that's amazing. So you, the relative comes in, she preaches the gospel, you get excited by it, she leaves, you go down on your knees and you ask God to come into your life. And of course, the Holy Spirit came into your life and changed you forever. Now, what about your parents? And I'm also curious about Christianity in Iran. How is that? I mean, is it open? Are there Christian churches? Were you able to go and find a Bible and worship? Um, before 2010, there are some 
building churches, like uh, actual buildings that you could go and worship, but uh, they uh, usually limit those building churches to uh, Armenian Christians or Assyrian Christians in Iran, because we have also Assyrians and Armenians that you are born as a Christian. They are minority uh, in Iran, but but Muslim background believers like me, you're mostly you're not allowed to go to these buildings, and you have to go to secret house churches. That that was where I was actually uh, grew in my um, faith. So I I went to one of those churches, but the pastors connected us to a uh, secret house church network in Iran in Tehran. So I started in a house church. So I'm a house secret house church boy. So I grew up there. I uh, used to attend many different intensive, uh, you know, discipleship, leadership, theology, uh, later church planting courses for many years. Uh, for and then after, after that, I started to lead these house churches and pastoring these house churches for myself. And um, so after ten years of ministry in these secret house churches, because of some security issues, I had to flee and I, I just escaped the country. I went to Turkey as a Christian refugee. And then after that, after two or three years, they transferred us to the uh, United States. I see. Uh, so, so, Pastor, wait. So, go back. So, what? you joined a house church. At what point did someone give you a, a Bible? And was it an Iranian Bible? Was it, you know, was it something that you quickly were able to have and say, this is the Holy Word of God and it's in my language? Uh, yes. Someone immediately when we joined that um, secret house church, they provided us Bibles, but but uh, there are not enough Bibles in Iran right now. But uh, I, I I would hear stories that people get a copy of Bible and they photocopy it and then just give us give each other different pages to read. But um, nowadays we are so thankful for technology and for you know different apps and websites that we can provide Farsi Bibles to our people. But still, there is a huge need for Persian. Um, Bibles in Iran. Hmm. Nathan Rostenpour is with us, church planting pastor and leadership coach, serves with the Summit Church in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. Um, Nathan, what were you risking when you were still in Tehran and you were going into these house churches? What would have been the punishment? Would the government have found out what you were doing? Uh, first of all, according to the Islamic rule, if you convert from Islam to Christianity, Based on that rule, they can easily put you to death. So it's not, it's no joke, it's serious. Wow. So, um, they can, they can kill you. Uh, and if you, if they just wanted to, um, give you less, they can put you in jail, a long imprisonment, or they can, um, you know, fine you, give you, and you need to pay a huge amount of money to bail yourself out. And, uh, you know, people, usually lose their jobs, um, students lose their education, and uh, many things happen to our, our brothers and sisters uh, nowadays in Iran, and we have great friends of us um, in prison uh, right now, and um, we are praying for them. So the persecution are there, and people are risking their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, just just a couple of weeks ago, I was in Central Asia meeting with our leaders from Iran, and I was I was... I went there, honestly, to encourage them, and they encouraged me. So they are so, so bold, courageous, and 
uh, they are listening their lives, but they are enjoying their ministry in Iran. Wow, that's wonderful. I mean, the price that you pay. I know. We, we take this, you know, for granted here in the United we States. We understand so little. Right. Here uh, in our the cost is is nothing, and your cost was everything. So I, I need to go back again because you know that moment where the relative shows up and then the Holy Spirit is upon you. And of course, growing up in a Muslim household with your, you know, your good mother and your father. I mean, what was that like? Were you able to be transparent and say, mom, uh, I know Jesus, Jesus is in my heart and dad, uh, I I know Jesus. I mean, were were you fearful disclosing that? And can you talk about their faith journey as well with that? Sure. Um, 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 I, I, I would love to tell my mom at, uh, at, at first, but because I, I knew that um, she was really uh, a devout Muslim, so I, I had this fear in my heart that uh, what would be, you know, her reaction to that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but our, our God is an amazing God. So at the same time, He uh, was working on all of us. And when I uh, when my mom came to me and shared that she was like Nathan, I, I had this in my heart that I know that Christianity is real. I, I know that God is talking to us. So let's go to a church and let's go and confess. And I was like, Mom, I already I already accepted Jesus. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I'm so thankful for that. And then, uh, yeah, it was one day I remember that my mom, my younger brother, went to a building church and we uh, they prayed for us, we repented. And, uh, and then after that, we find out that my father actually became a Christian before us, and we had no idea about that. So uh, God is a great God. (laughs) Okay, so all of the fear that you had when you were growing up about your parents' death, um, your fear about death in general, uh, talk about your journey working through that in your mind once you came to a a faith in Christ. Of course. um, You know, that fear from death, I believe most of the Muslim, most of Muslim people, they have that fear. Why? Because when you are in in the Islamic world and theology, you have no guarantee of your future that what will happen to you. So you need to wait for God's judgment. You need to wait for God to wait your good deeds and bad deeds, and then decide that what will happen to you. And and honestly, this is scary. And whenever I talk with my Muslim friends, I I tell them. I was in depression. I was in this great fear. But now, right now, if I die right now, I know that I will open my eyes and Jesus will be in front of me, smiling at me and say, welcome, son. Amen. So this is, this is a great, great, great thing in my life. And I, I just want you to have it. So uh, sometimes we uh, make sharing the gospel with Muslims so complicated for us. I just share about my... Uh, story, and I just tell them that you know, I was blind. Now, now I can see. That's it. This is so, so simple. Jesus sets me free from my fear, and they, when they hear this, um, they they just want to uh, know more and more. So, yes, I had this fear in my heart, but now I'm free because um, not because of my goodness or my power, but just because of the grace of God. So. Um, I really am. I'm thankful. Amen to that. Uh, Pastor, we need to take a quick break, but we are talking with Pastor Nathan Rostenpour. He is a, a pastor, a planting church pastor with the Summit Church in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, from Iran, talking about his conversion and his families in Christ. The conversation continues in a few minutes.
You could win $5,000 and bless an organization with $5,000 in your name when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Share your kindness with others. Go to wordfm.com to enter. That's wordfm.com. If you belong to a club, I think it's fair to presuppose that the effort of joining that club and then showing up for whatever the activities or events were, that you were in line with the mission statement of the club. Mm. You think? Club, organization, team. Church. Whatever that is. School. Mm-hmm. So if you went to a Christian college, wherever you are in your walk, in some ways you would have to presuppose that the majority, the large majority of people around you were Christians and had some form of a relationship with Jesus. Now, having that said and done, I would think that it would give you a freeing aspect in your life. Is that fair to say? You would feel secure in that, you mean? Yes. Well, I think that's probably true, but I also think that as much as you're looking for that in other people, you would have to be bringing that yourself to the table. Your faith. Your faith. Your relationship. Your relationship. Your boldness. And your willingness to share it with somebody else. Be in uh, communion, have, look for a significant relationship. I believe that happens daily at Grove City College. Look online at gcc.edu, Grove City College, Christ-centered. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. Speaking of zero right now get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products lock in your quote today schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windows pittsburgh.com you've tried the rest now try the best windows pittsburgh.com WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. We'll see clear skies tonight below 52. Tomorrow, plenty of sunshine, high 78. Tomorrow night, mainly clear skies, low 60. On Friday, sunny to partly cloudy with a high of 78. Friday night, mostly cloudy and mild, low 59, and looking to Saturday, cloudy much of the day with a few showers and a thunderstorm, the high 76. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Grace Miratori. We're talking with Pastor Nathan Rostampour. He's a leadership coach, a church planter at the Summit Church in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. But he's telling us a story about being a boy growing up in Iran and a a relative comes into his house and starts to share the gospel. And, and there's pastor as a young boy. Before you know it, he's on his knees. The Holy Spirit is there. And he comes to Jesus. I mean, it's just an amazing story. It sure is. 
Nathan, talk about um, what you related in your CT article, which is that you had been praying for years and then had a dream where God told you something. Sure. Um, yes, I was a young man. I was so hungry for God. I, I just wanted to uh, serve Him more and more. So I was praying about my future and about, about my uh, future ministry. And I remember one night I had a dream that in my dream, uh, God talked to me. And I, I knew with all uh, my heart that it was God talking to me. So uh, I, I saw myself standing on a stage and there was millions of people in front of me. And I was sharing the go- uh, sharing the gospel with them, and I was taking food cans out of my chest, and I was d- distributing and giving it so fast to people. So I, I knew that it was the spiritual food that I was giving uh, to people. And then a voice told me that uh, you will go to another country to be equipped and to go to come back and serve my people. Hmm. And when I woke up, uh, I I knew that as okay, I'm I, I'm going somewhere, but I. I didn't know about it, and in my in, in my dream, actually, he mentioned the year 2013, and exactly in 2013, United Nations transferred us here in the United States. So, I I knew that that it was God, and I came here. I I went to school again. I got my master's. Now I'm working on my uh, doctorate and uh, in in leadership, and uh, just all these leadership trainings for house churches and secret house church trainings, um, just God gave me this mission, and He is still equipping me to uh, train the next generations of um, healthy leaders for these house churches. Fabulous. So, Pastor Nathan, then how, how did that work? I mean, the Iranian government at this point um, knows you're a Christian, you're known in or circles. Do they? do they know? And the United Nations somehow facilitated your exit from Iran? Uh, no, I just I, I just went out uh, to uh, Turkey as you know as a regular traveler because in that time they didn't know about me but they arrested one of my friends that was really close to me so one of our leaders told me Nathan most most likely you're next so you need to do something mm. so I, I couldn't I couldn't stay and you know it's it was really really hard because I know that it was. Uh, the last time that I was visiting my friends and family and saying goodbye to them for the last time, and I just went out, and it was it was really. Uh, and you will not see you. You don't think you'll see them again? Uh, I never go back. If um, just hopefully they're praying for a change in government, but with this government, I never can go back to Iran. So you wow. say goodbye. Were your mother and father still alive at that point? Yes, sir. Oh my gosh, Nathan. That's such a heartbreak, Nathan. So you clearly have paid a cost to come to Jesus and to become a preacher and a teacher. I mean, the dream foretold where you are right now. So you leave Iran, you go to Turkey, you deepen your education, and now here in the United States. I mean, the story itself is just astounding. You must, you can't believe in some ways, I'm sure, because it's an unbelievable story of where you are and how God has used you. It is, it is, and um, several years ago, I went to Turkey again to meet with my uh, some of you know my friends and family because I can't go back to Iran. But every four years or five years, we can uh, we can meet them, and every time every time that we we meet them and want to say goodbye, it, it it seems like that you're leaving a part of your heart. It's 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 really hard, but 
at the same time, because I know that I have a great mission and I know that um, this mission is directly from God and um, it's worth it. It just, it, I, I, I honestly, I can't explain it, but it's just worth it. I, and I'm doing it with a great and joyful heart. And um, I know that sometimes it's really hard. I get emotional. I miss them so much. But I know sometimes, uh, some, sometimes soon, um, all of us will be uh, somewhere that there will be no mm-hmm. tears and no persecutions. Nathan, can't thank you enough for sharing this story with us and with our listeners. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, God bless you guys for uh, what you're doing. John and Kathy, thank you very much. Thank you, Pastor. That's God Nathan Rostenpour, church planning pastor, also a leadership coach. He serves with the Summit Church in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. You can find his story, which is written in this month's Christianity Today, called Salvation Came to My Iranian Household. Fabulous. God is good and surprising. 101.5 WORD. Millions around the world attend churches, synagogues, and temples, yet God rejects their worship. Others worship at work, home, or in their car, and God joyfully accepts it. So what makes the difference? Worship is massively misunderstood by most people today. Don't be one of them. Join John MacArthur for his study called True Worship on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. I've always been kind of cynical towards advertising, which I know doesn't make much sense considering I'm currently recording a commercial. It's all the fluffy words that make us cynical, right? A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, a blue light special, but only, of course, if you call right now. It all kind of makes me nauseous, and yet here I am about to say that right now actually might be a once-in-a-lifetime moment for some of us. And that is the opportunity of a cash-out refinance. Arguably never has there been a moment in time like the last few years where home values have jumped at crazy historical levels, leaving all this extra money sitting inside our homes. A cash-out refinance lets you put that extra money in your pocket to use for life. If you'd like to see your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay $1,000 of your closing costs on new home purchases and up to $500 of your appraisal fees on all refinances. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Here's Dave White. We need less talk and more action. My father was a steam fitter. My mother, a homemaker. Their dream for me was to achieve opportunities greater than the ones they had. And like my parents and so many of you, I want to ensure that we can provide that same opportunity for all of our children. Dave White's a dedicated family man, unapologetic conservative, job-creating entrepreneur. I am not a politician. If you are looking for a candidate with decades of experience in Harrisburg or Washington, I am just not that candidate for you. If you want safer streets, if you want to lower taxes, if you want to fix our elections once and for all, if you want to put parents back in charge of our children's education, join our campaign. I will take less talk and more action to Harrisburg. Paid for by friends of Dave White. Research shows listeners don't like it when ads interrupt their music. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual customizes home insurance, we made this ad optional. If you want to skip this ad, remove your left earphone. Liberty Mutual customizes home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. If you're missing this informative ad, you must love wasting your cash. It's the easy and smart way to save. Now it's all been said, so if that earphone was out, put it back. 
Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? The bike lanes in Pittsburgh. (laughs) Why are they random? I don't... No, they're not random. Yeah, they are. I don't understand why. Like, there'll be a bike... Like, you're on Penn Avenue in the Strip, right? Spontaneously, there's a bike lane there. Okay. We're going into town. Except that once you get into town, it, like, disappears. So where do those people go? Why why did... So if there's no bike lane there, why was there one two blocks back on Penn Avenue? Okay, so I've been a biker all my life. Mm -hmm. I have a very complex relationship with the bike lanes. Okay. But I was with a friend on Sunday who is a very serious biker. All right. Who has traveled from Pittsburgh to D.C. Yeah. Several times. And she was describing from where she lives and how quickly she gets on a bike lane, which takes her to another little tributary, to another little tributary, to another little bike lane tributary that puts her on the trails. Got it. And it kind of was like a light bulb went off. And I was like, oh, oh, I see. So they built like, you know, incremental steps instead of having a bike lane that goes all over the city. Of course, that'd be crazy, even though it does feel like that to you. I saw her perspective of the value of the bike lanes that protects her until she gets on the trail. So it makes sense to me. And I know it's, you know, it's easy to mock because they are, they do look crazy, but I'm telling you, they keep bicyclists safe. So it does make sense to me. Because it's dangerous out there. Are you telling me, John? I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, from a, you know, you see them and you kind of go, mm-hmm. it does. It seems willy nilly to me, and I get that. Do you say? Are you saying I need more education? Maybe a little. All right. Well, for now, I'm going to hear what you say, and I'm still going to say they don't make sense, but I'm going to keep an open mind. Okay. So I'll, I'll see your bike lane and raise you. What doesn't make sense to me is a moped. A moped. I was in the. Four pit tunnels today, and I'm going 55 plus, and I come up on literally a guy in a moped, and he's going full bore, I'm sure, at 50 miles an hour. And I'm thinking, what are you doing with a moped on the parkway? But there he was, and he had a helmet on. Did he, he look had... terrified? No, he looked like he was going to work. <laughs> and... This isn't Bermuda. He had a moped. And you see people, you know, look, you see guys on little bikes, little motorcycles, and, of course, the hogs and everything in between. The bigger the bike, the better, the more safety, because it's dangerous out there, whether you're riding a bicycle, a moped, or a motorcycle. So a moped on the highway doesn't make sense to me. No, I'm with you on that. Be careful out there, you guys. You took me to task on the bike lane. Sorry. Hey, Earl, did you hear that Senator Mastriano voted to pass Act 77? You're kidding. Isn't that the law that allowed no-excuse mail-in ballots that the Democrats are abusing? Yeah, but it's worse than that. Mastriano also proposed that folks with COVID should be mandated to register with the government or be punished. And that's a violation of my privacy rights. Uh, What will they come up with next? A tax increase? You know, Earl, now that you mention it, he has... 
Mastriano is proposing a 60% increase in our Pennsylvania income tax. Wow. Unbelievable. I'm sure glad I talked to you guys. Don't be like Earl. Get the facts. Doug Mastriano can't be trusted. Paid for by Pennsylvania Patriots for Election Integrity, LLC. Last year, over 100,000 people in the United States died from drug overdoses, and alcohol-related deaths are rising. This has to stop. At Recovery Centers of America, our local team of experts is dedicated to treating addiction and healing families. With cutting-edge science and medicine behind us, Recovery Centers of America takes a holistic approach to treatment, addressing the source, symptoms, and contributors of substance use and co-occurring mental health disorders. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now for immediate help. You don't need to travel far to access world-class care and family support services. Our inpatient and outpatient centers are located near you so you can achieve recovery close to home. Plus, we offer outpatient telehealth services. If you are suffering and don't know where to turn, we want you to know that you are not alone. At Recovery Centers of America, we will answer your call 24-7. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. The Mechanical Services Company. Trusted, proven, preferred. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. The Mechanical Services Company has fixed HVAC systems large and small for over 100 years. For fair treatment, expert service, and affordable solutions 24-7-365. Find them online at tmschvac.com. The Mechanical Services Company. Trusted, proven, preferred. Biting into a sandwich is good. Getting the perfect bite of KFC's juicy, hand-breaded, 100% white meat chicken filet with tangy mayo, thick-cut pickles, and a buttery brioche bun? That's finger-licking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich in classic or spicy today. Prices and participation may vary. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. I'm happy to bring uh, glad tidings to you both that yes. it's National Eat What You Want Day. Oh, well, I think it's most days. <laughs> I mean, you know, that could. This, <laughs> that's probably why John ended up with that result from his doctor yesterday, well, that's, Christy. That's possibility. I mean, no, I, I mean, you live in America, right? You tend to eat what you want for the most part, and I'm not saying I'm, you know, having a filet mignon. That's you're, you're, you're what you're saying is completely untrue, because since COVID started, you totally changed how you eat. And you do not live that way. Eat what you want. Well, you lost twenty pounds. Yeah, but still, you're not eating what you want. Oh, if you would, I, if you were eating whatever you no, want, you'd you'd still weigh what you did before. No, I'm just eating less of it. I think that's the key, right? Right. So, but you're still like not eating what you want, or you would Eat weigh. You want. You'd be eating the quantity you were eating before. <laughs> yeah. Are there things that you specifically stopped eating? Uh well. The ironic thing is I've really tried to you know, decrease my sugar intake, which is weird because I, you know, I got this thing yesterday, like, you're, what you want to tell the people about yesterday? Well, I went and had, you know, like the, the, the blood, <laughs> I had to have some blood work done for work yeah. and, you know, I'm in good shape all the way around, but I, I just was on the edge, which was shocking to me of pre-diabetes. Now, now what's I, happened though in the last Here's the problem. So. so it's been my birthday. So mm-hmm. my wife went out and of course... 
she bought me like you know all this incredibly dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. So I've been eating you know dark chocolate every day in every conceivable form every day for the past week. Mm-hmm. My birthday was a week ago today. Mm-hmm. So every day I'm eating like. Chocolate, 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 chocolate. And then two days ago, I went and had this blood test, and they were like... Well, no, wait. Well, not only the dark chocolate, but we were also working on a couple things for upcoming shows that included... The candy wheel. Right. So then there were Mike and Ike's that happened, and then there Almond were... Joy, right. Heath Bars. Sour Patch Kids. I mean, all that stuff. A lot stuff. happened. And I try, you know, like I cut out soda, pretty much. That was the... To me, that was a big weight thing. Yeah, that was that was like a... Maybe you did that a year ago? Yeah. I mean, because I love I love a Coke, mm-hmm. but all that sugar. What I do love a Coke. Chrissy's making a face like, really? You don't like a Coke? No, I hate Coke. What you hate Coke? What? Do you... <laughs> How did we never know? I that don't know. About her? I'm sorry. You don't drink soda? I do, but not Coke. Not Coke. <gasps> that never came up in the interview. No, it did not. No, sorry. What now do you it's... drink? Uh, if I drink pop, either like Dr Pepper or like Wild Cherry Pepsi. Oh yeah. Okay. Wild cherry Pepsi. Oh yeah. See, I'm drinking a soda. She's That's drinking like a pop. Mike and Ike's melted into your <laughs> cola. Is what right. that I, is. I don't drink a lot of pop though. No. Okay. God, given my druthers, uh, I'd have a pop a day. Okay. All right. So you're not. So you, you gave up soda a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the last ten days, things have you've well, fallen off the wagon a little. But not with soda, but with all of your salute to candy. Candy, candy. Been going on. I'm, and I, and so then you go to have your blood taken. Oh, and they go. I get the results back uh, this morning. And I'm like at home, and I go, "Hey, hun, check this out. Look at it. it says I'm pre-diabetic. What is that all about?" So then, you know, then you get a follow-up from your your GP, and they go, "Oh, we have to do this again to confirm that indeed you are this thing." Well, what the heck? Like, I feel like my grandma. Like, remember whenever I was growing up, was they, your was your grandma diabetic? Yeah, they would know. Here's what they say. This is like you know the throwback. Oh, she has sugar. Right. Sugar. That's what it is. You have diabetes. Right. Oh, that person's got sugar. So did your grandmother have diabetes? She had sugar, yeah. Okay. Did your mom? No. Okay. I'm, so all of a sudden I think, oh, geez. And here I am. I, I always kind of thought that I would, you know, like, I remember like years ago, a friend of mine, I'd say, oh, give me a Coke. And he'd go, John, you're like in your 20s. You still drinking that Coke? Like I would outgrow my sweet tooth. Right. Seriously. That's, yeah, that's I, I wanted happened. to eat candy. It's crazy to say, I like candy. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I don't care. I don't right. care if I'm 90. Right. I'll be like, you know, in the, in the old age home, they'll go, yeah, get that kid some Mike and Ike's. Sure. That guy. Uh-huh. Or, or, you know, just even, I don't, it, it doesn't have to be high end candy. I'm eating Mike and Ike's. It's like this like low end stuff. Sure. I like candy. Mm-hmm. It's, I, it's like, I don't care. Whatever. I'm not going to apologize for it. It is what it is. Right. Right. So eat what you want. When, when's the retest? I don't know. I got to make an appointment. My goal is to try to stay. Isn't it your goal? I'm going to try to stay as far away from the doctor's office as possible. Even though I appreciate that they're there yeah. and they're giving me diagnostics right. and guidance, I do not want to. I mean, God bless people who have to go to the doctor's office on a regular basis. Right. I mean, how difficult that must be in people's lives. And of course, the older you get, the more you find yourself there. Sure. And I don't want to do that. Sure. But it's going to happen. Ugh. I mean, it is. It's just going to happen. But the the blood test, I, I'm I'm pulling for you second time around. I feel like that's going to regulate things. I'll make it well because the night before the blood test, I was like, oh look, there's still some, there's still some of this dark chocolate. My wife's like, go ahead, you can eat it because you know because I raised. Oh, am I going to be okay for that thing tomorrow? She's like, yeah, you got 12 hour fasting, so as long as you eat. It, you know, my appointment was like at 9:30, so you know, eat it at 9:30, you'll be okay because you get 12 hours of fasting. It'll come out of your system. 
Apparently it didn't. What was it like when you had your blood tested before? Oh, fine. Okay. 100%. Okay. Easy peasy. Because I've always been, you know, you, I'm exercising. I'm sure. Sure, you know, right. I haven't been lately. And now here it is. You reach a certain age. Oh, God. And things catch up on, can start to catch up. I don't want things to catch up. No, of course not. So instead of doing the candy wheel for an upcoming program, oh, we'll now we got to do, do the, di- we'll the sugar do, wheel. No, we'll do we'll do Kathy's health food wheel. Oh no! Listen, hold on. Don't even get me started because you bring in this health food stuff. Yeah, like the apple things or what? Those the apples are delicious. They're the worst. No, they're great. Anytime, no, that stuff that you eat, Kath. Yeah, you know I love you, but man, that is nasty. No, it it's is not, so it's nasty. It's fine. Horrible. It's no, it's, well, it's no, not. It There's is. no flavor. There's and the texture is like you want to gag. The watermelon jerky was terrible. Other than that, jerky. I was fine. That Everything's was, gross. Really, that that you're really, bringing in. No, it's not everything's gross. Oh. the popcorn was also really it, good. It, it no, was, it wasn't. It was popped it was, rice and corn. It was, very it was good. not. It was like it was delicious. Packing it was only peanuts. 120 calories for that bag. Who cares? Really, well, okay. the calorie. I'm less interested in the calories. You know, you just eat less. Right. And as long as it, it tastes good, okay. that's all. Okay, so on Eat What You Want Day. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just kind of scrub where we were and say, if you could have, if money wasn't an option, if your, whatever your health concerns are, would not be an option, what would be dinner this evening? Tonight? Tonight. I'd have a... Well, I thought you'd need a minute to no. figure it out. I'd have a loaf of hot, fresh, homemade bread... With a tub of butter Delicious sitting next option. to it, then I'd have a nice green salad, mm-hmm. like filled with you know olives, tomato, fresh tomatoes, Some cucumbers, cheese. all that, all that, mushrooms, yeah. crouton, you name it, with blue cheese dressing. Nice. And I'd have a gigantic bowl of bacon clam sauce <gasps> with linguine pasta. Well, that sounds absolutely and a delicious. slice of chocolate cake. That's. <laughs> I mean, you ask. That's delicious. Right? No, no. I'm, Bring I'm, it. Wouldn't I that be totally nice? Support you, Christy. Um, I would have to have a, a gyro pizza. Gyro <gasps> pizza. Wait a minute. What? what? Where's that, the gyro first pizza? First of all, come where from? are you getting that? So it's uh, the best one that I've ever had is Luciano's in White Oak. Mm. Uh, okay. Um, and but it's expensive and it's gigantic. Really. But it's amazing. Luciano's gyro pizza. That yes. sounds so. Shout out good. to Luciano's. And what would you be having with that? Um, Pop. Probably, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Pepsi Mountain with Dew. It. Maybe a Mountain Dew. Yeah. Mountain Dew. Dew is gross. No, Mountain Dew is excellent. It's the worst color. I love it. Everything Dew. about it is bad. Give me a Dew. Okay. Pre-diabetic All right, that's good. Dew. I'd, I'd like to have both of your dinners, and I'd be fine with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you having? Okay. A filet? I, I am ha- That sounds delicious. But I think what I would probably have is. My niece's, Meg, um, this is a shout out to you, her sourdough rolls with mm. the sea salt mm-hmm. on them. You told me On about the those. outside of the bread. Yeah. That is so great. With the with butter, like really good butter. Yeah. Not like pedestrian Irish, butter. Irish butter. Yeah. And certainly not country crock or whatever that junk I is. I can't That's believe not it's not butter. butter. It's, uh, we all can believe it's not <laughs> butter because it's so terrible. Okay. That. Um, I believe I would have a green salad mm. with gorgonzola mm. and raspberry dressing. Yummy. Bacon mm. in there. And for dinner, I would have salmon grilled or smoked, either one, with a baked potato. Nice. Green beans. Mm. 
And then for dessert, I think I'd have cheesecake from... I just had cheesecake from the Lincoln Bakery, which is delicious. So I'm going to go cheesecake from the porch. Yeah. Eat what you want today. Wouldn't that be nice if you could? What are you going to eat instead? Are you going, you're going to get I'm your gonna, kid from college. Right. I'm going to be having snacks in the car. I had two slices of American cheese earlier. It can only go up from there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for being with us. Eat what you want. Love you guys. Have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. A production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.